Welcome to Tamlin Talk, a podcast where we'll be exploring the hottest trends and topics in the building products industry. Tamlin, when doing it right matters. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tamlin Talk, your resource for thought leadership and insights in the building and construction industry. I am Tyler Kern, your host today, and I'm thrilled to welcome Lacey Simon. She's a building envelope specialist at Tamlin to the program today. We're going to talk a little bit about water and moisture control and why that's so important. So, Lacey, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I am excited as well. And, uh, you know, this is a big and important topic and one that is important to cover on a podcast like this. Uh, But for some people who might not have some background on this topic, maybe uh, just explain for us, just to get us started, why it's important to discuss moisture moisture control when it comes to walls. Well, it's always important to talk about your building structure and, you know, keeping it as dry as possible um, because you want to prevent any moisture-related issues, um, things like rot or mold, uh, which can actually be really harmful to human health. So we want to make sure that our building envelope is properly built from the start and that the end users and the people that are going to be, you know, working in that environment can actually rest assured and their health is not going to be in jeopardy. So that's what's really important about moisture control and making sure that your building is as dry as possible. So when you say things like mold and rot, obviously those are important and uh, and big issues that you would rather not run into, right? But uh, the, the decisions you make at the very beginning of this process can impact things in the long run, right? Oh, yes, 100%. That's really interesting. So uh, what issues can arise, like you mentioned, mold, rot, that sort of thing, but, but what are some of the big issues that can arise when walls aren't properly constructed? So really, you know, a lot of things can happen, but... Um, the, the biggest issue we find on the field is that uh, improper sealing of penetrations or, you know, accidental holes or punctures that happen naturally throughout the construction process that aren't properly sealed. Um, and, you know, once you build an, an, an entire structure without properly sealing things like, you know, your window penetrations or, you know, any little puncture uh, holes that happened, you know, when, when the guys on the field were carrying like a nail gun around or something like that, um, that moisture can eventually find its way in. And once moisture finds its way in, it builds up over time and then you have a much, much bigger problem um, because usually we don't see the moisture problem actually happening from the start. Uh, we see it when it's already gotten so bad and, and uh, big that, you know, the people on the inside are starting to see it on their um, drywall or something like that. And once you open those walls up, it's usually pretty far along in the rotting process. And so we want to prevent that from the start so that those issues never arise. Right. I can think of uh, numerous episodes of home renovation shows, you know, where uh, they open up a wall and all of a sudden, like (laughs) everything in there is rotted and moldy and that sort of thing. And you think, oh, what a disaster. Exactly. So, you know, people see, uh, you know, on the corner of their wall, maybe they see a little bit of a mold um, uh, or moisture issue. You know, they can see that there's some water damage going on, but they don't take care of it right away. They think, oh, it's no big deal. But then, you know, you wait six months down the line and then you have an even bigger issue. And so when you open up that, then, you know, it it can get pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we've spent a lot of time talking about um, the issues and the bad things that can can happen and the the things that can Mm -hmm. go wrong and what you don't want to see. But 
maybe uh, let's talk a little bit about what we do want to see. What what does the perfect wall look like, and what are the characteristics of a well built, properly constructed wall? Okay, so the the perfect wall basically includes four principal control layers. So you want to have some sort of water control layer. That's the most important thing. Um, then you want to have an air control layer, also a vapor control layer, and a thermal control layer. So those four principal control layers are vital for the wall structure um, and in order to keep the building, you know, lasting for a long period of time. Um, so different, you know, uh, weather um, weather patterns or different areas of the country or the world will require different materials um, and different combinations of these control layers. But um, in general, what you want to have is, you know, you start with your cladding. Uh, of course, that's like the face of your building. Um, and that'll control any bulk water. Um, you then want to have some sort of drainage gap in order for any water that gets behind the cladding to be able to drain out. Um, and also dry with uh, any air ventilation that may happen in there. Um, then you want to have the control layers, which includes your water-resistive barrier, uh, your insulation, your uh, sheathing like plywood or OSB. And then you have your structure, uh, which can be made out of wood or metal, um, depending if it's a commercial project or residential. Um, and then you go into your interior wall layers, which will include your jib board uh, and your uh, vapor semi-permeable paints. Um, but when it comes to very, very cold, extreme cold climates, like in Alaska or something like that, um, you also want to include some sort of class one or two uh, vapor control layer between the jib board and your structure. So on the interior of uh, the building, you'll also have a vapor control layer there in order to prevent any vapor from escaping um, the building. So in places like that, you know, you have like sub-zero degrees uh, weather on the exterior and then you have a really warm, uh, cozy inside. You don't want that to escape. And so that's why you want to include either class one or class two, depending where you're at. Um, and when I, I refer to class one or class two vapor control, uh, I'm talking about uh, perm value. So class one is anything that is less than 0.1 perm. So it's virtually impermeable. Um, and then class two is anything between 0.1 and one perm. So it's semi impermeable. Um, so those are the regions that you want to include something like that. The majority of other regions don't actually need something like that. You can just get away with um, some sort of uh, vapor control along with your WRB. Um, but, you know, it's something to keep in mind for people that are in extreme cold climates, for example. That's really interesting. So you would say that there's not a one-size-fits-all solution for this, that, um, that that weather patterns and where you live can uh, and where the building is located makes a difference. So, you know, I'm in Texas where it's hot and humid and doesn't rain a ton, right? But if uh, maybe mm -hmm. Seattle would be different where it rains a lot or, like you mentioned, Alaska where there's extreme cold and, and that sort of thing. So there are different factors to consider when it comes to weather and that sort of thing when deciding what's going to work best for a particular structure. Oh, yes, 100%. You have to think about, you know, how cold it gets. Um, you have to think about how much rain you receive or uh, if you get any snow or not. Um, these are all things that you need to think about when you're building the wall. Um, and there's, you know, different um, common uh, assembly types, but uh, each area, each region will vary 
slightly from one another based on the needs that they have of their own climate. That's really interesting. Um, so one of the things that, that you mentioned was that it's important to have that, that breathability, right? So why aren't compressible mm-hmm. drain wraps the best answer for keeping water out of walls? I know that's maybe been a, a topic of conversation. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so compressible drain wraps, you know, they, they're they really common on the market, but unfortunately, they don't really solve the problem with having a drainage gap. So um, normally these types of wraps are made of made up made out of uh, sort of like a crinkled paper, mm-hmm. um, and so when you place any sort of cladding on top of that, or even your in- exterior insulation on top of that, and you uh, secure it, you know, to the structure, you are basically creating room for capillary action because that compressible drain wrap will get smushed and create, you know, holes, basically, or gaps, if you will, pockets that can hold water. Um, And, you know, when we talk about capillary action, it basically just means as water or moisture sits somewhere, um, anything that's surrounding it over a period of time will start to absorb that moisture. Um, And over time, that moisture buildup goes through your layers, it starts deteriorating your WRB, your structure, everything. Um, And then it reaches the inside, which, as we discussed earlier, um, is not the ideal situation for any homeowner or any property manager. So um, it's important to have some sort of non-compressible drain wrap um, or drain gap. That way the water can actually properly drain out and not sit behind your cladding or insulation. Right, right. And, you know, those those weather factors like you were mentioning, uh, climate and, and then knowledge like this about these particular products is probably why it's it's really wise to have an expert like what Tamlin provides uh, to be able to provide guidance in these sorts of areas. A hundred percent. And, you know, we, we get questions all the time about, you know, how to properly build their wall, uh, how to properly build walls and you know, what products are best to include based on the codes that we have currently. And it's important to think about um, the fact that codes are constantly changing and they're constantly improving, but the code is um, supposed to be set as a minimum, not as the best case scenario. (laughs) So um, it's really crucial for people to understand that having that drainage gap behind the cladding goes a long way and it prevents a ton of issues later down the line. That's really good advice, just that that codes are the minimum. And when people are um, just trying to just meet the code and nothing more, then then you're just getting the minimum. I think that's important knowledge to have and important knowledge to um, yeah, to, to, to know going forward. So, um, Lacey, you know, we, we've talked a lot about, uh, different examples and that sort of thing, but can you give some examples uh, where you've seen the effects of improperly built walls and, and what has that looked like? And, uh, what is that process like when, when you have seen those types of, uh, examples out in the field? Sure. Um, so yeah, so recently, actually just a few months ago, um, I had to, uh, make a, a road trip up to Dallas um, because uh, we had a call from a customer that was having um, some issues, some moisture related issues with their multifamily project. Um, and that project was actually already built. Uh, it had residents in it. Um, I believe they were already leasing for two, three years at that point. Um, and then some issues started to happen. So they were using um, a flat wrap behind all their cladding. 
Um, and in this particular project, they had uh, areas that were brick, other areas were uh, plank, and other areas were fiber cement. Now, <clears throat> they had flat wrap behind all of that, but the only area that they could really see the effect of capillary action was uh, behind the fiber cement, because fiber cement, as you may know, is very absorptive, and if it absorbs water, it starts to warp. And so what they started seeing is where the seams were, um, and it was secured, uh, it, it was still attached properly to the structure. But um, anywhere in between, it was kind of bulging outwards. And obviously, the property uh, owner did not like that aesthetic. And so, you know, they called us and they basically just ripped up all the fiber cement, um, added a non-compressible drain wrap on top of the flat wrap that they had uh, previously. And then they went ahead, went ahead and added um, uh, fiber cement on top of that again. Um, and so basically the, uh, the bulging effect is they, they were kind of lucky in a way that they were able to see that because um, the capillary action didn't have enough time to go towards the inside of the building. And so their structure was still intact, but, you know, it was just more of an aesthetic thing. But we were able to come in and, you know, they got it fixed up and everything like that. And so now, um, because of the non-compressible drain wrap behind um, that cladding, any water that gets behind it will be able to actually properly um, drain out and escape. And I want to reiterate something we said at the beginning that I, I'm sure it's mm -hmm. easier and uh, and better just to make sure that you do it right originally rather than having to go back and fix it later, right? A hundred percent. We always say, you know, when doing it right matters because doing it right the first time is the best way to go. You know, it saves you a lot of headache, a lot of stress and a lot of money down the line. Um, having to fix any issues that could have been fixed from the get-go. And that's truly what we believe in is doing it right the first time so that you don't have that headache later down the line. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, uh, that makes a lot of sense. So Lacey Simon, <laughs> Building Envelope Specialist for Tamlin. Lacey, thank you so much for joining us here on Tamlin Talk and uh, providing some insight and some expertise around the building envelope. Thank you so much for having me, Tyler. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of Tamlin Talk. We appreciate it very much. For more from Tamlin, for more on their products, uh, more thought leadership, more of their podcasts, head to tamlin.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest in thought leadership on uh, on the building industry and the building products industry. Tamlin's been around since 1971 and they are experts in this game. And so uh, thank you so much to uh, all of you for listening. And thank you again to Lacey for joining us here on the show. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.